Check, check, check. You good? Turn my mic up in my headset. <laughs> I just like saying that. Really? That's what Eminem says. I th- are you getting bigger? Probably. You look you look like your your biceps look bigger. Oh, well, cuz I have a sprained ankle so all I can work out is arms. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. That's pretty good. All right, welcome uh Jonathan Pocludo. What's up, my guy? Dude, uh, I'm happy to have you here. Um jump right in. Uh just brief introduction of who you are. Yeah. Um and then I'll tell you Tell them why why I think you are here. Yeah. So my name is Jonathan Bob Pacluda. Bob? Yeah. Not Robert or Bobby. Just Bob. B-O-B. I swear. John Bob from Burrow, Texas. <laughs> no man. way. I yeah. didn't, how did I not know that? Yeah. It's John right. Bob. John if Bob. I, I, if I had known that, I'd been calling you John Bob yeah. since yeah. day one. And so I, um, yeah, I lived in Dallas for about 20 years. Uh, got to serve with a ministry there called The Porch which was a ministry to young adults. And now three years ago, our family, I've been married for 17 years, have three kids. Our family moved to Waco and have the privilege of just serving as a pastor of a church here in Waco town. Love that. Yeah. One of the things that JP uh, is, is one of the guys I think has like figured a lot out. Obviously, not everything, but a lot. Paid a lot of dummy tax. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. That's a good word. <laughs> no, That's how I feel. That's how I feel. I'm trying to I'm trying to be done paying dumbing tax. That's yep. my, my goal. Um, but everybody that I have on, I, are essentially I'm interviewing older men that mm-hmm. I think are starting to figure things out. Mm-hmm. That if we could just tap from that wisdom, then mm-hmm. we then we as younger men don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Pay the dumbing tax. Yep. Um, and I think one thing that I love most about JP is that he just has a love for honesty, just raw honesty which I think is like the fast track to, to freedom. Mm-hmm. Fast, authentic, authenticity is the fast track to growth. Um, and I think you do that um, better than most. And it's also easy to have conversations because I could just like hit you with things really quick mm-hmm. without having to like process through a lot, right? Yeah. So essentially it's like I, I've been obsessed with this idea of God the Father um, coming in and fulfilling the gaps left by our earthly fathers. Specifically men, because mm-hmm. my life didn't grow up with a father, didn't mm-hmm. have that role. And then at 26 years old, I realized that like all I've ever wanted was like the approval of a father. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know that my dad loved me and that he was proud of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And when, when I like actually began to accept that God felt that way about me, that's when things started to radically change for me. Mm-hmm. And so essentially this is my discovery that we all want to, as men, like want the approval of our father. And if that father, you know, earthly father, is like a tangible representation of what God is, mm-hmm. and that could either really make us or really break us, is that an accurate like discovery mm-hmm. from me? You say that last part again. So the the you're you're comparing our earthly father father to our father in heaven. And so yeah. just ask the question again. So make sure I got it. Is it an accurate, like, my, basically my discovery is that the role of an earthly father is to be, like, the best tangible picture of how God feels about us. Mm-hmm. And so what you believe about your earthly father is 
naturally what you're going to believe about God. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it it shouldn't be, but it is baked in. And so just the fact that when we pray, we say, Our Father who art in heaven, and we think, well, gosh, my dad was absent, or my dad was an alcoholic, or my dad was abusive, or, or my dad was enmeshed. Even that, all of those things, meaning he was overly involved, all of those things can affect our view of God the Father, but our earthly father is not the reflection of our heavenly father. Our heavenly father is not the reflection of our earthly father. Our heavenly father is the perfection of our earthly father, and it's very important that we start there. And so I talk with my kids a lot of just, you know, one of them was was wrestling with the idea of trusting God. Then I said, well, do you trust your daddy? And she said, yes. I said, do you think I'm a good dad to you? And she said, yeah, you're a good dad to me. I said, he's so much better of a dad to you than I am. Mm-hmm. Like all he can do because, because your sins were paid for on his son, Jesus Christ, he is free to only love you. Mm-hmm. And, and we cannot get our minds around that, Silas, because all we know is performance-based acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only thing that we know here on the earth is if I do good for you, then you're going to give me good in return. And if I do bad to you, then you're going to give me bad in return. And and it's, it's almost like we think of God as this sheriff in the sky, that we're kind of waiting for him to catch us in the act so that he can put us in, you know, the the supernatural jail, if you will. That's not how God works. The gospel is that God put his son in jail for you so that he is free to love you and, and to offer you paradise with him. Now, I don't want to like I don't want anyone to be confused and everyone's probably in different places in their own theological journey. There are consequences to sin on the earth, right? There God has created the earth so that you would find life in him when you follow him. He blesses obedience and when we do wrong, there are natural consequences to that. That that could be any number of things like a STD or a hangover, right? I mean, there's just consequences to to our sins here on on the earth, and I, I don't want to give a message without that's void of that, if yeah. you will. So, how do you break that performance based love mm-hmm. concept? Yeah, because it's like that's I swear, it's like every single person I've I've come in contact with, whether you had a absent father, and it's like oh like I wasn't good enough for him, so yeah. he left. Yeah. Or I had a bad father, like abusive father, where it was like, I wasn't good enough, so he beat me. Yeah. Or you even had a good father, but you're like, well, he loved me more mm. if I won the game. Yeah. But didn't. But then if he if I like played bad, then the response was this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How do we break that? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of head work, man. A lot of mind work. The the battles between our ears, if you will, and so it starts with. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It starts with Colossians, setting your mind on the things above. And then it starts with just looking deeply into the gospel. If you're a listener or a viewer and you're hearing that, it sounds very ethereal, very like, oh, okay, what did he just tell me to do? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure I'm following. And I'm saying literally, you wake up and you begin to to get your minds around the reality that God 
loves you so much that he died for your sins. He paid for everything wrong you've ever done, and you can give him nothing in return. He does not need your performance. Like you performing for God is like Weston when he was two years old walking up to me saying, you know, as I'm, as I'm working on something, I'm working on my motorcycle, and he walks up and he says, hey, can I help you, Dad? Like the truth is his air quote help <laughs> yeah. is just going to create more work for me. But because I love him, I'm like, sure, son, like, let's spend this time together. Yeah. Right. But he can't help me. Right. And you can't help God. And God doesn't need your help. Like if God wants to, to further the gospel, he can have the rocks cry out. Like yeah. You keep your mouth shut. That's good. He can still do it in spite of you. And so really, he just invites you into this journey. And it, it is all we know is if then, like if I do this, then you'll do this. Yeah. And that's not the contract that God works. He works in covenants. Mm-hmm. Covenants are different than contracts. Contracts are performance yeah. based. Like, hey, if you, if you keep your word in this contract, then in return this will happen. A covenant is I will regardless. Right. Like you just got married. Yeah. Marriage is a covenant. Yeah. You're not looking to Taylor saying, okay, Taylor, like if you do these things, then I'm going to love you as your husband. You're saying to Taylor, regardless of what you do, right. regardless of how you perform, regardless of how you love me, I'm going to love you regardless. Like right. I, that's the covenant that I'm making before God. And God, through the bloodshed of his son, Jesus Christ, makes a covenant with us and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to love you regardless of what you do. Right. You, so... Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I don't want to get away from this. It like the tangible, what you said, the practical is like a genuinely just like renewing your mind. It's like, there's nothing you can do except for just believe this truth that God loves you. Not based on your performance. Yeah. If you did a word study on uh, on the word mind in the scripture, you're going to see that's where the work starts. Hmm. Uh, you, You have to every single day, Think about these things, Paul says in Philippians 4. You have to dwell on these things. Yeah. Look at the gospel and remind yourself of that. And don't blow past that because most of you aren't doing that. Yeah. And if you begin to do that, it is it will change your yeah. life. It, the gospel is not one and done, some altar call in the sixth grade. It's a every single day heart work and head work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, that's what's so crazy is like, so like this idea of Father, right? Like, I spent my whole life being like, oh, I meant like seeing the disadvantage of not having a father, right? there, Because there's definitely advantages to having a, a, a earthly father mm-hmm. who loves you and does stuff for you. Like there's obviously like all the researchers there. I just, my last podcast with was with uh, Dr. Johnson. He's a professor at Baylor who this is his whole research and, and his like whole life has been how faith and church affect society and like family, right? Mm-hmm. There's obviously an effect there but the crazy part is what i came to realize was that it doesn't matter what type of father you had it's like you said earlier at some point you have to get to the point where it's like this this father that i had on earth is still nothing compared to yep. god the father yep. and like there's some aspects of performance based love that i'm still even mm-hmm. seeing because of my earthly father right mm-hmm. but so then my question to you would, would be is it harder for those who didn't have any good example to accept a truth like a non-performance-based love mm-hmm. than for people who did have a good father, like you said? Yeah. Like you said, like you told 
like uh, Weston. Weston. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, your heavenly father is like yeah. so much more, and you're gonna. I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna tell him that for the next mm-hmm. 30, 50 years. Yeah. Right. So, do you think it'll be easier for him mm-hmm. to understand the love of God the Father than it is gonna be for someone else who that wasn't the case? Yeah, I, th- I think, I think yes. Um, easier is relative, mm-hmm. and so. You know, and it's there's so much of life experience that goes into that. And so I think we would oversimplify it by simply saying, "Hey, if if someone has an abusive dad, then they're going to have a harder time understanding that God is good." Versus someone who has a great dad, and and have a, a hard time understanding that God is good. Sometimes the person who has the abusive father clings to God the Father mm-hmm. because because they're so desperate for a great example of a dad. And so it's actually the abuse in their past that has pushed them to God. And so I think generally speaking, yes, but I would I would even more generalize it to say all of the trauma that we experience growing up, whether it's a mom, a dad, um, a teacher, abuse of a babysitter, you know, maybe we were entitled because our parents had so much money that we never had to, where all of those things are going to create spiritual problems for us if we don't work through them. Yeah. And then you add into the equation generational sin, uh, things that are a part of our family or, or, or qualities that our dad had that they pass on to us. And so, for example, you take someone who had no father, and so they live with the wound that, hey, my dad, it, it feels like my, it seems, what I, what I believe is my dad didn't love me enough to stick around, mm-hmm. right? So you got that issue. And then you have someone whose dad did stick around, but he was just a really bad example yeah. of a dad. Who's that going to be harder for uh, when they begin to think about God? And I would just say it depends. It depends on so many other variables yeah. that are happening in their life. And, uh, and, and so this person, their, their, their tendency might be, Hey, when the going gets tough, I'm out because that's what mm-hmm. my dad did. And yeah. this person, uh, you know, their dad might've been really angry and, uh, and abusive in, in their response to, to life's troubles that this person is, they have that same tendency, uh, while this person doesn't have that baggage because they never had the opportunity to even be passed on to them. So I think that's a really interesting thing to talk about is how so much of our struggles are passed on to us like a relay baton. Yeah. Just from from great-great-grandfather to mm-hmm. great-grandfather to grandfather to father to son. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move past then like the ethereal and go to more of the actual like tangible in the sense of like, tell me about you. How, what was your dad like? Man, so my dad was a hard worker. And, and he was generous and he didn't have a lot, but he shared, uh, what he had. And so those are, you know, some of his, his great qualities, uh, he dealt with things by escalating. Mm -hmm. And so if, if he saw something wasn't going his way, he was a big man. And so he could just raise his voice. He could shout. And, uh, and that's something that I have like that. I just, I took that, it was wrapped up in a pretty little package and I opened that up for Christmas and there it is. Look, it's a, it's on me. Uh, if, if things aren't going my way, I can raise my voice and I can tower over you and intimidate you because that's what I learned to do from my father. Mm-hmm. In addition to that is as I grew older, my dad was an alcoholic. Now what's interesting about this part of that story is growing up. I never saw my dad intoxicated. And so in, in a lot of ways, I hope that that um, I'm protected from that, if you will, that God would spare me of some of those vices. But as, as I got older and I left home, he got a disease, or I don't, I don't know if, it, if it's right to even call it a disease, but the symptom 
of it was vertigo, which means the room was always spinning. Mm. And, uh, and that's a pretty miserable place to be. He, he saw doctors. He wasn't able to do anything to cure himself of that. And so he would self-medicate with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I think when he would drink to the point of intoxication, if the room was spinning, it, gave, it felt more normal. It gave reason to it. And so, those, so what was sad about m- my father is then in, in the last, his last season, um, like when my children are here, you know, he just was, was intoxicated for mm. so much of that. Mm. Now, God in his grace, as, as he, before he passed away, uh, you know, he had a, a health scare with his heart and God gave him a year of sobriety. So that in, in some really formative years of, of my children, so my children got to see my dad a year sober then he got covid and then he passed away mm. and so that's that's kind of the journey of of my dad now my dad so i i grew up like a skateboarder both years pierce first tattoo at 14 drove a <laughs> 1979 mercedes-benz said superfly on the back had hydraulics right and my dad was a farmer cowboy so <laughs> how like, did that how yeah, did yeah. that happen? so that that's that's what was weird is i i think i just rebelled and i look mm. at a lot of the challenges that, that we had in a father-son relationship, I really feel to blame for mm. most of them, honestly, because I was just a, honestly a very rebellious kid. And I, I ran, I didn't want to be like my dad. And it mm. wasn't, and there were a lot of redemptive qualities there. He was a, a, a moral person. You know, he, my dad would say these proverbial sayings like, hey, the only way to cover up a lie is with another lie. Uh, he would say a man who's capable of lying is capable of doing anything. And he would always say Dang, these little su- good, these little things that I would like take to heart and uh but i i just knew i didn't want to go the cow route you know i didn't i didn't want to go the farming ranching yeah. route and so i just i ran from that in a number of different ways yeah so what was there a time where you're what 30 41 you're 41 yeah man it's crazy dang i know take a, just Mo- like a moment Mo- of silence moment of silence <laughs> or just like the fact that i'm over the hill yeah, thanks for that silas i appreciate you <laughs> Sorry, i was not expecting you threw me off yeah all right was there a moment i guess even your 20s or 30s that you had to like come to terms with like i need to maybe forgive my dad or yeah. did you have to reconcile or anything like that man you know i thought about this because when you when you originally reached out and you said hey you want to talk about this and sometimes I, and so I sat on the board of a organization called Better Man, and we, we spent a lot of time dealing with the father wound. Mm. And, and as I've gone through the material myself, I'm like, man, do I have a father wound that, I mean, like, is it, is it just like under the surface? I'm just yeah. like waiting for it to, to like come out and take me out, you know, is that what's going to happen? Yeah. And as I've, you know, I think because my dad was, I mean, he, I never went without, you know, he was intentional in, in a number of ways. I think I have his sins. Like I think who I naturally become is my dad for better or worse, yeah. but I don't feel like I'm carrying bitterness toward him. Okay. And I, I think like if I did toward anything, it would be like after I drove three and a half hours to go see them and I get there and he's drunk and he yeah. asked me a bunch of story, asked me a bunch of questions and I wake up the next day and I have to answer all the same questions because he doesn't remember the answers. Yeah. Like in that moment, I'm, I'm angry, but I'm, I'm able to be empathetic towards like, you know what? I wouldn't want, if I was just like dizzy all the time, you know, yeah. I'm like, man, I, I don't know how I would handle that. And so I just like tons of grace, you know, to you pops. And yeah, I don't feel like, like I'm carrying some bitterness towards. Okay. Me. So you said that you, you got some of the the vices from your dad. Yeah. Can I say one more thing about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. 
I also think like you heard me say like I feel like so much of our relationship was like my fault like I mean I just felt like I just rebelled like I ran like in your 20s you you look back and man and even, thought that like even like 16 on I'm okay. I smoking weed when I was 16 I, I ran with the wrong crowd like getting in fights all of that stuff and like that was never his desire and I, I hid that from him you know and so I just look back at that. I'm like, man, that was me. Like, that wasn't something I learned from him. That wasn't something he wanted. I, I can't even blame him for that. And so as I look at, at my life, I'm like, I've done so much wrong. Like, yeah. I've been forgiven for so much. Like, the way that I dated, I mean, I, I, I lied, cheated, and mm -hmm. stole, right? I just was a crook in a number of ways. And, like, God forgave me and redeemed me. And... And so in an, it, when I think about the, the forgiveness that I've received from my heavenly father, I think that allows me to grant a lot of forgiveness towards my earthly father. And I, I will say one more thing and then okay. I'm done on this thing. Okay. And th I think this is helpful to people and it may be even be helpful to you is so much of what is terrible about our earthly father was it, it came from somewhere. And in, in pastoral ministry, like the thing that I have the hardest time with is like when someone abuses a child, whether it's sexually or physically, right? Like that, like that's, that's like, you need to go to prison kind of stuff. And like, why, like, why would you ever do that? But as I spend time with those people, pastor those people, counsel people, I'm just realizing, man, that was handed to them like a relay baton that doesn't excuse the action. Okay. It doesn't excuse, it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't face the consequences because honestly it needs to stop. It needs to die somewhere. Like somebody needs to, to pay up for those sins, but it does allow empathy and, and it does help extend grace when I realize like, oh, you are a victim yourself. Like somebody did this to you. And so a lot of times a dad leaves because he didn't have a dad. Mm -hmm. A lot of times a dad hits because he got hit. Mm -hmm. A lot of times a dad, you know, curses because he was cursed at. And and I think that can be helpful to, to start there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that, that's kind of what my question was. Then, like, I mean, it sounds to me like what you were saying is like you kind of, God kind of blessed you with the gift of like forgiveness mm -hmm. and just like the ability to, to just be like, yo, this was on me. Mm -hmm. seems like you always felt that way, mm -hmm. which I have found was a problem for me and a problem for a, a lot of guys. I, my age, I look around, I see, and not just my age, older guys too, that still blame their father for all their problems. Now mm -hmm. um, there's a verse in, I can't remember it's in the old Testament, but essentially God says like, no longer will I, I accept that our fathers ate sour grapes and now we're sick. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what that verse is, but like basically the point is like, I'm no longer going to just be like, Hey, Oh, our fathers got us into this and, and now we're just like going to continue mm -hmm. it, you know? Right. And so that's like the whole point of this whole podcast. And like what I feel so passionate about is like for myself, I want to like any and every like sin that my dad has passed down to me. I want to uproot it. I want to stop it now. I want to, I want to, I don't want to pass that to my son, mm -hmm. you know? And the tough part for me is like, I, I didn't know my dad, but then when I like, I remember circling back during like a really difficult time, asking my mom questions about him mm -hmm. and she would tell him, tell me about him. And then I was like, wow, like I do that same thing that he did mm -hmm. and I didn't even know him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I want to put a stop to it. I want other guys to be able to put a stop to it too. Mm -hmm. 
And so like, what does that look like for you? I mean, forgiveness yeah. wasn't, I guess, a huge factor. Yeah. But I know for me it was. Yeah. Like I needed to forgive my dad for yeah. what he did. And, and I got to that point as well where I was like, you know, like I don't know all the reasons what he did, what he did, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there was aspects of him that was hurt. That was yeah. like trying to do yeah. the right thing at times. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, it's a 23 year old or, you know, however old, just, just who you really don't know if it's a mental illness. We don't know what's going on there, but just being overwhelmed with life. And I would say forgiveness is a huge deal for everyone. Um, I think I, my journey to the gospel was really having a lot of exposure to it and then finding, finally coming to a place where I understood it. And when I understood it, it just overwhelmed me. And it's like, I just, if God can forgive me, then I'm able to forgive someone else. Now, Mm. you know, there, there are certainly areas where I'm sure that's harder than others. Um, I'm trying to, I want to make sure I answer your question just there around, you said, what, what do we do with, what's the, say that again. I guess, how do, how do we put the stop to it? Yeah. How do we put it, put the stop to just like, if your father was abusive, if mm-hmm. your father, like for you getting big, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, did, like, Audit. how'd you stop that? Cause Aud- I'm sure it didn't just go away as soon as you got married. Audit it first. Like first say, okay, what are the things that were handed to me? Like a relay baton. And so you have David, who's a man after God's own heart. Like, that's what the scripture says about King David, the shepherd boy David. Like, he's a man after God's own heart. But as you, you follow his journey, you're like, what's his demise? It's women. Mm-hmm. He's, he, his men are at war. He's at home. He's worked up. You know, he's looking for some sort of sexual release. He looks down. He sees Bathsheba. He's like, wow, she's beautiful. He takes her. He, ta- he, he, he uses, you know, his power over her. And, and then has her husband killed, right? Uriah killed. And, and now um, they have some kind of relationship. And then the offspring is their love child's name is Solomon. And so Solomon shows up on the scene. He's a king. Uh, a re- he's wise, the wisest man on earth, we're told, the richest man that has ever lived. And yet what's his demise? It's women. What, what is, turns his heart from mm-hmm. God? He has... He has 700 wives and 300 live-in prostitutes, and they turn his heart towards other gods, the Scripture says. And so he doesn't finish well. And then Absalom, you know, he's, he turns on his dad, and, and there's, there's something here toward vanity because he ends up getting hung in a tree by his hair, you know, that he didn't cut because it, it was a, a, um, attractive to women. And he gets these spears thrown at him. And so we just see how one man's sin is passed to another and passed to another, passed to another. So you have to look at it. You have to audit it and say, okay, what is it? Like, what is the thing that's traveling through my family? I would say it's alcohol, right? You you, you might say it's abandonment, okay? We got to look at that, alcohol and abandonment. And then we have to declare to the to the Lord a covenant before God said, God, that dies with me. Mm. I'm not going to leave no matter how difficult it is, yeah. no matter what it costs me. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be there and I'm going to step up and I'm going to speak out. And then for me, it's like, okay, no matter what, I'm going to make sure this, this demon of alcoholism or this, this vice of alcoholism, it it does not overwhelm my life. And it's not something that I pass on to my son. And so I need to, I need to put those barriers. I need to have accountability. Hey, you guys ask me about this. If I have a beer with my pizza, make sure I don't, don't have three Yeah. or, or, or ask me if I had three, yeah. you know, those, those kinds of things. And you're asking those questions because, and then, and then you need to look at the patterns in your life where, where you're not a finisher, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Where things get difficult and you say, man, because that's hard, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You've got to know that's the spirit. I don't, I mean, I don't know what this looks like in the spiritual realm. I don't know if that's a demon that was assigned to your father that's now assigned to you. I don't know. I, yeah. You know, sometimes I think right. the, our charismatic friends are onto something. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and so, and maybe it's just habits and nurture nature. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Right. But we want to look at that and we want to identify it. We want to pray against it and bring accountability in our life uh, around it. Too. Yeah. And that's, freaking hard yeah i think that's what i think what i finally got to the realization was that it just takes a tremendous amount of courage to be the guy that stops that in your family Mm -hmm. for me specifically like i would say like i don't know this about my dad for a fact because i didn't know him but i would put money on the fact that he was a liar Mm -hmm. i would put money on the fact that he um couldn't just like face the reality of his own stuff so he like he would hide it and mm-hmm. twist it and change it because that's what i did mm-hmm. i did that forever until i got to the point where i was like the only way that i'm going to be able to stop this is if i lay it all out i'm just like everything that has owned me i'm laying it out which is what i did mm-hmm. and it like came at a heavy price in the sense that like like there was rejection in 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 laying stuff out and but the, like, the result, the final result of me just being like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in the light no matter the cost, mm-hmm. is that I no longer live in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'm never going back. Mm-hmm. I will never go back. And when I, when I say I, like, will not lie to you, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. But I also, like you said, I have people in my life where I'm like, hey, this is what I've done in the past. Here's the ways that you would know that if I was, like, potentially like stretching truth, you know? Mm-hmm. But the point I say, the whole point of saying that is like, what encouragement do you have to guys who are like, yo, I don't want that for my kids, mm-hmm. but one, I don't really know how to go about that. Or mm-hmm. two more, more specifically to this question is like, I'm terrified mm-hmm. to do that, to mm-hmm. like do the things that you're saying. Yeah. You, you're going to become your dad left to your own devices. Like, uh, um, it, it's been well said that we don't naturally drift toward holiness. What, what doesn't happen is we don't naturally become our Heavenly Father. Like, that's the work of His Holy Spirit in yeah. us as we surrender and we're sanctified. And that sanctification is Him chipping away the things in our lives that don't look like Jesus. And that chipping away, that chiseling away doesn't feel good. And so if we're resistant to anything that doesn't feel good, a lot of times we run mm-hmm. from that. And what we naturally do is we drift toward the sins of this world, the things of this world, and and really we become our we become everything not redemptive about our dads. Right. And, and so you want to, okay, so just, let's just make this really practical. Step one, what were the sins of your father? Mm. Was it abandonment? Was it abuse? Was it adultery? Was it alcohol? What are they? Like, was it greed, materialism? Was it, um, enmeshment, which is control? Like he, he was, he was overly involved. I mean, I've seen people really get messed up not because their parents weren't there but because their parents like were helicopter parents you know or lawnmower parents removing any obstacle out of a child's way that'll really mess a kid up Mm. in fact some of the some of the most um biggest consequences i've seen from parenting are actually from that um and so you want to identify it so write it down say it out loud Pray against it. So, Okay, so one, number one, identify it. Number two, begin to pray against it. 
Lord, would you protect me from this? Remove any stronghold from my life that is this. If this is something that's moving through my family, Father, would you would you just remove it? Would you strip me of it? And and then thir- thirdly, put accountability in place so that you don't get there. Mm-hmm. And so that may mean, like you said, hey guys, there's a temptation in my life to lie. And so when I begin to show these kind of character qualities, yeah. ask questions and then ask questions behind questions. Yeah. Say, hey, are you lying to me? And then say, yeah. are you lying to me about lying to me? And maybe yeah. even go one more layer, yeah. right? Because if I'm doing it, I'm good at it. It runs in my family. Make sure I don't do it. And you got to have that community in place. That kind of goes with number three when I talk about accountability. It's a community. you got to have brothers in your life that are asking you hard questions. And then four, ask them to pray for you. Mm-hmm. So so two was you praying for you, but four is asking others to pray for you. And this is James 5.16. It says, confess your sins to each other and, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the prayers of a righteous person are powerful mm-hmm. and effective. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to ask them to pray for you, I think you expect experience a supernatural healing and then i would say number five look to correct that behavior and so if it's greed if greed is the thing that was passed on you replace it with generosity mm-hmm. if it's um if it's abandonment and place it replace it with involvement mm-hmm. uh, replace it with perseverance yeah. um, if it's alcoholism replace it with with so sober thinking sobriety of mind setting your mind on the things above mm-hmm. the mental work the meditation right yeah and so understand what the sin is and then look at its counterpart i'm actually i'm not and i'm not pimping the book it's not even available but uh, i'm writing a book right now uh, around vices and their counterpart virtues mm-hmm. and how like whenever we're tempted by the enemy to give ourselves to something evil that that it has a good counterpart and mm-hmm. we can begin to work that positive counterpart in our life and i think that can help um reverse the curse of generational yeah. sin yeah i mean it's uh, like I, I know it's such a big deal because i've experienced it um so those are good. Let's just repeat those real quick. One, identify it. Identify it. Right. To pray against it. Before we go to the two, what if like you don't even know how to identify it because you don't necessarily know your dad or yeah. where it yeah. came from? Well, so not knowing your dad, right? I mean, my, my friend's dad passed away early on, and so... But even in that, it, I mean, some of that's like his eating habits and, you know, the, that. And so... Um, I think you can ask others. I think you can just, the nature that you don't know your dad might be the thing. Like I talk about abandonment. Yeah. Um, and then I think you can also observe your own life like you like you did, Silas, where you said, you know what, I bet he was a liar because yeah. these are my temptations. Yeah. And so you're really auditing your own sin. Yeah. Um, and and a, lot of, a lot of times I say, if your dad's alive and you know him, it's easier to see sins on other people. Yeah. But if you if you don't have the opportunity to see them on other people, then just take the time to look in your own yeah. life. Yeah, and then also, like, okay, what I've seen is for myself, like, what I realized was that um, when I really, like, looked at how I viewed God, I realized that I didn't believe him when he said he would be there for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe that he would provide for me like yep. if I didn't do it myself. Yep. And basically all the things that I should have gotten from my dad, yep. like mm-hmm. I, I put that on God as well. Yep. Like it was as simple as that. And yep. then like the more I've gone around and looked at people and asked them questions about like, Hey, what's like the most difficult thing for you to believe about yep. God? And they'll say something like, um, 
you know, I don't, I don't believe he, I, I believe that he'll like love me more if I'm like, yeah. just do better. And I'm like, well, how was, like, what was your dad like? And he's yeah. like, well, he was like super happy when I won the game, but yeah. then like, if I didn't, I was like, for sure. So there's, is that a, there's a clear yeah, there, correlation? There's a clear correlation for okay. sure. Absolutely. There is, a, there is absolutely a correlation. I just want to say this again. Your heavenly father is not the reflection of your earthly father. He's the perfection of your earthly father. And, and it says that he's a father to the fatherless. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, one of the most repeated promises in the scripture is, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He will never leave us, and he will never, he, he says, I've never seen the righteous, um, uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread, mm. meaning going hungry, right? And so God is for us. Romans 8 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? So these are the promises of the scripture. Never will I leave you. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And, and we, we can take him at his word. I mean, anybody who offers us a kingdom, right? Anybody who greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life, not just for his friends, but also for his enemies. Right. And it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's the gospel. And that's why at the beginning of this podcast, at the beginning of this video, what I'm saying is you have to renew your mind around the gospel. Yeah. You have to start with what God has done for yeah, you in spite of you, not because you can do anything for him in return. Yeah. Like that's grace. I mean, grace is you deserving something bad. It, when we grew up, like if you grew up with a dad, you deserve something. You deserve a spanking. You got a spanking. Yeah. Grace is you deserve a spanking. You get a donut. Yeah. That's grace. Yeah. Okay. And we have to remember that yeah. that's what God gives us. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's finish it off with this then. So you said identify the identify the sins, pray them. Pray pray against them. Pray against them. Pray against them. Have accountability, which means to have community, mm-hmm. and then have them pray. And then fifth fifth uh, the the last one, replace the vice with the virtue. And so whatever you're tempted, whatever the sin is, mm-hmm. find its its complement. It's uh, not its complement, but a, the the counterpart, if you will, and then pursue that. If it's greed be generous mm-hmm. right if it's abandonment persevere yeah and whatever it is if it's um if it's abuse build up yeah you know if it's adultery stay committed yeah. uh, acknowledge the covenant you know be pure what can you uh, give us an example of like something that's like you've walked through that for yourself yeah yeah i mean i, th- I think just um where i talk about alcoholism it's like meditation and so I've, I've just realized, like, I'm at my best spiritually when I spend time in the morning doing the things I'm asking everyone listening <laughs> to this to do, which is just reflecting on, okay, Jesus on the cross, that was for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, God loves me today, regardless of what I do for him. He loves me. If I have, okay, listen to this, because this, this is so simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it, this simple. is so simple, yeah. but it will blow people's minds. Yeah. Okay, I wake up. So let's say I wake up at 6 a.m. And I live an amazing life. I, I wake up. I, I spend an hour reading the Bible. I study a scripture. I learn it so that I can teach it. And I pray for another hour. And then I go. And I, as soon as I'm around a person, I share the gospel with them. Hey, do you know God loves you? And I sit them down. I give them a four-point gospel presentation. And they trust Christ. And it's amazing. And then I go and I serve in the homeless 
kitchen and I'm serving soup and, and, and just caring for those. And as I leave, you know, guy doesn't have money and I buy him groceries and then I go and I see a building on fire and I run inside the fire and I rescue the orphans that were about to die. And, and I'm just doing in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm just live this amazing life. Well, now it's, it's 10 PM and it's time to go to bed. Right. So that's one day. Okay. 10 PM. Right. So that's, that's one day. All right. Next day, same person. I wake up and I call a prostitute and I have sex with a prostitute and then I go buy some Coke and I snort Coke and just out of my mind, I go and I, I do drugs. I drink until I'm just, just silly. Uh, I go to the bar. I, and, and then as I'm leaving a bar, I rob the bank and, uh, and I take the money and I go and bet it all on red in the casino and I lose it all. Right. And then, and I just lived this life of complete rebellion and now it's 10 PM. Okay. So day one, day two, same person. God does not love one more than the other. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's, he's not, he's not like with, with one, he's not like, oh, I love you because you were so good today. And the next person he's like, man, you just can't get it right. Can yeah. you, you know? And that's how we hear. That's the inner narrative in our head with God. You just, you just can't get it right. Can you, mm-hmm. what's your problem? What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Like, don't you know? And, and he's like, God's not going to love you more because you got a quiet time. Yeah. He's not going to love you more because you prayed for now. So then it begs the question. Somebody's asking right now, well, then why not get the prostitute that snort the line of Coke, rob the bank, right? Why not Why not do that? Paul says in Romans 6, so should I go on sinning so that grace might bound? May by it never n- be. By no means. May it never be, yeah. right? No, your thinking's flawed. You think, you, you still think that life is better apart from God, and it's not. Like, like the best life that we can possibly live is doing all the Facts. things that God would naturally yes. want us to do. That's yeah. where we're going to find life and have yeah. it abundantly. Yeah. You, 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 you sleep with the prostitute. Now you're running scared. You do the line of Coke. Am I going to overdose? Am yeah. I, you know, is, what's the hangover? I robbed the bank. I'm running from the cops the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I lose it all on red. And now I'm in this deep depression. Yeah. I can't even get out of bed, yeah. man. I'm so, I'm so sad. There's yeah. a deep sorrow and emptiness inside of me. And so the only thing that's different in between, you know, person one and person two or day one and day two, the only thing that's different is the pain that you brought on yourself. Yeah. The scripture tells us that he's no longer counting. Paul writes to the Corinthians, the Holy Spirit to the Corinthians. He's no longer counting our sins against us. Yeah. Romans 8, 1, for there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ, we are, we are covered. We're protected against the judgment of God because of what he did for us through his son jesus you have to start there you have to to understand that reality yeah yeah that's so good dude i think like okay one thing i always struggled with as a kid like growing up in church was this idea that like you just like do the right things and then it's just going to be better for you in heaven like your rewards Mm, are like in heaven right and it's like that's like the only time you get it and it never made it like never sat well with me i was like why would i just do something if like the reward isn't till like some arbitrary time that I don't know if I'll ever even understand or see. Yeah. I ward against that. Right. Yeah. I was like, but if I, if I go hook up with this girl, it feels good now. At least I get it for a little bit, you yeah. know? And I finally got to the point where I was like, I understood this concept of there is reward now. Mm-hmm. Like what you were saying, yeah. it's like the life is actually better, mm-hmm. but like in order to do that, you have to trust that you mm-hmm. have a good father. That's mm-hmm. like, he's not withholding things from you by doing it that way. Mm-hmm. And that he loves you regardless. So it's mm-hmm. like, 
now it's not a burden because mm-hmm. you know that you're not earning his love, mm-hmm. but you just simply know it's like, hey, this this is going to give me a better life. Yeah. All right. I know we got to wrap up, but you just opened up a can of worms. <laughs> because, because, and now this is about you. Okay. We're going to go deep. Okay. Yeah. In that, I, I want you to see it is the generational curse, if I can say that. Okay. Um, because it's short-sighted thinking. I could interview a hundred people and we could, we could ask all a hundred people say, Hey, if I want to have, if I'm going to have a really bad, and I, by the way, I'm going to start by saying, I agree with you. There are blessings on earth for doing right. Like God blesses obedience and and there are consequences to doing wrong on earth. But, but the fact that it's not enough to receive your rewards in eternity, I don't want to blow past that because I think that's tied to your dad. Okay, I know that that's we just turned into a counseling session, but I really do because most people are going to realize that that for me to be able to enjoy a gift forever and ever and ever and ever and ever for a hundred years and then two hundred years and then two hundred thousand years and then two hundred billion years and then two hundred or or, or seven hundred trillion years, right? And I still get to enjoy that gift. That that's going to be infinitely better. That it's the equivalent of okay. You can have a really great day today. Today you can have a good day, and you're going to get lots of money, lots of pleasure, you know, lot, lots of orgasms, all the things. But for the rest of your life, it's going to be really painful. All you're mm-hmm. going to experience is pain and despair. Or you can have a really hard day today. N- no, no joy, no pleasure. It's just pain. Yeah. But for the rest of your life, it's all joy and pleasure and 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 happiness like everybody's gonna take b yeah you know what i mean yeah and that's even if there's no blessings on earth which i believe we both believe there are but if they're not it is more than enough that we get to enjoy them forever and ever and ever and ever and ever god and i think that was short-sighted thinking that that goes with hey i just want to do whatever is going to fit me best today. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's why dads leave. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh. I'm not thinking about five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Yeah. I'm looking at a situation and it looks hard. Yeah. So I'm just going to make a decision today that fits me best today. Right. Which is super hard for me. Yeah. That's so hard for me. You've got to keep the long view. Yeah got to keep the long view yeah that's so good dang now now i want a counseling session <laughs> <laughs> but that's so good man i i um i guess i can we can we can do another yeah. one at we'll some do another point one. because yeah. that's how we always end yeah we'll do another one <laughs> yeah for sure because now you open the can of worms of yeah. like this idea of uh, eternity is now yeah and so it's like yeah we're we're in christ like we're basically living in eternity so even in suffering like there's joy and suffering because I know that like I'm already like the rewards are happening just spiritually. Yeah. Like suffering is creating these spiritual world. We know that because of Romans says that we rejoice all the more in our sufferings, knowing that they produce character, character, hope, all these things. Perseverance. Right? Yeah. Right. Same with James, like count yeah. it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing right. that testing your faith produces perseverance. Right? right. So that's, that's a whole different thing. That's but different it's, not, it's not always hard for you. Right. Because it's, um, because, you train right and training has the very thing that we're talking about it has future um rewards it always sucks during yeah always Always. yeah but i love it yeah 
I've grown to love it. Yeah. I'm about to go in an hour gotcha. and just do something that I hate. Well, I'm not going to go in an hour. Yeah. I mean, you, you're going to go do some bicep curls yeah, in exactly. an hour. That's all I got. Uh, God, thank you so much for yeah. uh, JP and uh, for just the fact that um, no matter how dark life gets and how poor mistakes that we make and how ugly it seems and embarrassing and cringy of the things I personally saw since you to have done in my life, you have redeemed me and, and there's always hope. I thank you that I don't have to carry on the, the, the sins and vices of my father, mm-hmm. but that we can end them here. And I thank you for JP being able to just take some time to to pour into a younger man, just a so much older man. Uh, <laughs> Not that much. 41 years old, mm-hmm. uh, just pouring into a younger man. I pray that those listening that who who don't have a mentor or any, any older to speak into their life with, with this message at home, and most importantly, the gospel. In mm-hmm. Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, brother.